Praise the Lord. Okay, so, uh, like I say, I always like to say, beginning to end, this is a timeline. When you read this, especially in the Living Bible, but you can see it in the King James, if you can straighten out a couple things, you'll go, as you read, you'll go, ooh, that was a date. Let's see. How would I describe a date in 15th century? <laughs> you know, thus was the Tuesday, or whatever, you know, you'll see it, you'll go, that was a date. You know, okay. And it's, it's there. You can't miss it. Okay, anyway, from Genesis all the way down here to Revelation, complete timeline. You can ask probably just anybody and say, what, where's the stuff about the future? Everybody goes, oh, Revelation. We'll see, you figured it out. Okay. But the first three chapters of Revelation is history. Okay. Anyway, um, while I'm on it, look at this. Revelation chapter 3. Reckon we should read our Bible? Look at this. This book reveals some of the future activities soon to occur in the life of Jesus Christ. God permitted him to reveal these things to his servant John in a vision. Then an angel was sent from heaven to explain the vision. John wrote it all down, the words of God, Jesus Christ, and everything he saw. Look at verse 3. If you read. Oh, preacher. No. This is everybody. It's in your Bible. But he does say if you read it aloud to the church, you'll receive a special blessing from the Lord. Those who listen to it being read... What it, uh, read and do what it says will be blessed. Well, where's all the curses at? There ain't not supposed to be any curses, praise the Lord. For the time is near. Wow. And that's where this painting came from. Look at that. Jesus standing at the door. The seven churches. It's just representing all this. But these were actually seven literal churches. Now, uh, I want to go to... Uh, uh, let's see. Hang on. Let's go to the second chapter. This is history. Write a letter to the leader. These are like the epistles. It's a letter. Don't use such a big word. Tell him this. You know, we have a book called Ephesians. Well, here's the second book to the book of Ephesians. Here it is. I want to inform you of a message from him who walks among the churches, holds their leaders by his hands. Okay. But I want you to see something. He gives you some details here. But I want you to see right down here. Yeah, look at this. Let this message sink into the ears of anyone who listens to what the Spirit says to the churches. You're not going to get this unless you read it. That's all there is to it. Don't go out and buy a book on Revelation. Read the book. It's like, gee, I wouldn't get a book on my girlfriend or nothing. I'm going to read her notes. I need a book and translate it. No, I, I'm pretty sure I can figure out what she's saying. Anyway, it, it always comes back to he that hath ears to hear, which is something Jesus said over and over again. Now, this is there's only seven of these little notes to these churches, and they're real short. But look at the third one. To the letter, I mean, to the leader of Sardis, write this. And again, he says, he that hath ears, let him hear. Okay. Okay, all, let all who listen to what the Spirit says. Okay, now, but I want to skip on down here to 3. Uh, let's see, it says 3, uh, 21. Uh, uh, excuse me, 320. I should have known. Look, look at that. <laughs> now, this is written to everybody. Look, now, this is what caused this painter to paint this. Look. I've been standing at the door. Oh, to the world. He is going to the world, but this was to who? Churches. And it was to who? To whoever's listening. I am constantly, oh, first off, we at least ought to be like Bob, have a screen door on there. <laughs> Leave the door open so we, we got it closed. If anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, that's the lost. No, it isn't. That's us with the silly door closed. It's, we went to the promised land. 
We can't go in there. I'm going back. God must hate us. I'm not going in there. There's giants over there. We look like grasshoppers. Go in the promised land. Go. He's with you. Anyway, and I'll come in and fellowship with him. In other words, I'll come in and I'll wipe everything. No, he's going to fellowship with you. We've got this so backwards. Praise the Lord. Okay. Anyway, just a shot there. Wanted to see it. Okay. So, Beginning to end, and I'm going to pick up, uh, remember in the book of Genesis here, I'm just going to jump down here. Let's say chapter 39. Let's see what's going on. Look at this. When Joseph arrived in Egypt. See how historic it is? Oh, this is a spiritual story. No, it's not. You pick up with 38. You won't find a spiritual story in any of this. You just get spiritual things out of it. You go, praise the Lord, God took care of him. Matter of fact, let's back up to Joseph's dad. I mean, one night... Good grief. One night, Joseph's dad, which is Jacob, he's having to get out of town. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let me see if it's right here. Look at this. Oh, well, there. I'm right at it. Okay, but let me back up in just a little bit. Let me back up one little more verse. Look at the 20. This is 20. Look how historic this is. Um, in the 27th chapter of Genesis, uh, look at the last verse. Oh, oh, let's see. Anyway, this is right after jo- Jacob and Joseph. Remember J- Jacob and Esau. They, uh, Jacob tricked his dad, his mom wanted him to, put on a goat's hair and whatever, acted like he was Esau. Anyway, so he says, my father will soon be gone and I'll kill Jacob. That's what his brother was saying. That's what Esau was saying. But someone got wind of what he was planning and reported it to Rebecca. Immediately they had prayer because this is a spiritual thing. No, it wasn't. It's historical. She sent for Jacob and told him that his life was being threatened by Esau. Well, she's their mama. But notice what she says. This is what I'll do. This is what to do. Flee to your uncle Laban in Haran. Well, that's where Abraham was born or whatever he was from in that area. Stay there for a while with, until your brother's fury is spent and he forgets what you've done. I'll sin for you. For why should I be bereaved of both of you? She's a good mama. I don't want both my sons getting killed here. Anyway, Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm sick and tired of these local girls. I'd rather die than see Jacob marry one of these. <laughs> so that's the reason old Jacob there heads out of town. But you know, he leaves and he is totally by himself. Just like maybe you might feel today. You're totally by yourself. Now watch this. It's got everything to do with what we're going to look at this morning. Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, Now daddy's involved. And actually, we skipped this, but the 27th chapter, let me show you how mad the parents were at uh, the other brother. He's right here. Esau, at age 40, married a girl named Judith. Now that's Jacob's other brother. This is, you don't have to piece this together and become a preacher. Read it from first to end, you'll get it. And it, it. The whole Bible will bless your heart so much. Daughter of Bera the Hethite. He also married Basemath. That doesn't sound like such a good name, whatever, but whatever. The daughter of Elon. And Rebecca, no, excuse me, and Isaac and Rebecca were bitter about him marrying these. We hear that stuff today. Oh, please don't marry her. Don't marry him. You know. So anyway, that's what was going on there. Okay. Now, so here we go. Jacob. Did I get all that? Yeah. He said, don't marry one of these local girls. Go marry uh, one of your uncle's daughters. God will bless you mightily. Okay. He'll give you many children. You'll become a great nation. Whatever. May God pass unto your descendants the mighty blessings God promised to Abraham. What, the prom- the, anyway, what he, what he promised to Abraham. Okay. 
So, let's see what, let's skip ahead. So he left. No, this, we're going to stay in this chapter right here. Let me back up. Okay, so he says, don't marry any of these girls, go to your uncle. So he did. So anyway, think about this. You just had to leave. You basically left the promised land. <laughs> You're going someplace else. Jacob left Beersheba toward Haran. He left the cater head toward Gunnersville. That night, he stopped at a camp at sundown. Now think of the time frame. It's just the first night alone. Now here's this great story about Jacob's ladder. And the preacher preached on Jacob's ladder. Well, let's don't get it that way. Let's read the story. That night, he stopped to camp at sundown. He found a rock for a headrest and lay down to sleep. Now, where's everybody else? He ain't got nobody else. He's by himself. Matter of fact, when he leaves 30 years later, he's going to say, I left with just a staff. And he's telling his brother who wanted to kill him, but they're good friends. And he comes back and he says, I left with just a staff. And this is where I, I have all this vast blessings and whatever. It's just tremendous. And he was trying to give a gift to Esau. And he thought Esau was going to kill him. And Esau, they fell on each other's neck and they hugged each other. They were crying. And Esau says, no, keep what you got. I've been blessed too. And that's where we are today. The Lord's going to take care of all of us. Here we go. Now watch this story. So he's asleep. He's by himself. Probably got scared. But anyway, notice this. He, he lay down to sleep and he dreamed that a staircase reached from earth to heaven and saw the angels of God going up and down upon it. Why well, angels are fake. It's just Cracker Barrel stuff. You know, these women, you know, they're just little cute. Or they're naked babies. <laughs> Did you ever see any naked baby angels in the scriptures? No. Naked baby has to say, fear not. <laughs> Believe me, with little fluttering wings, be, I, I wouldn't be afraid. Where's the flies water? We'll take care of that little rascal. God, it's ridiculous. So these angels were coming up and down, okay? Verse 13. At the top of the stairs stood the Big Bang. This never... You got... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to share with you, praise the Lord. If you believe in the Big Bang, go search the Big Bang. Okay, and answer all your questions. Make sure you're confident about that. You're going to find out you got so many questions. And I'll just throw DNA at you if you're wondering. DNA is not going to support it. If it's a monkey, it can't ever cross, crowd, it can't cross, there's nothing in there that, the, the DNA structure is the code. You can't, we're, you know, we're closest to a chicken if we were closest to anything else, but certainly not a monkey. Okay. But they don't cross. You can't, you can't, God created them, they're going to be after their kind. They'll never change. They'll never change. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> top of the staircase to the Lord. I am Jehovah, he said, the God of Abraham and your father Isaac. Now remember, these things are ours too. He's our Lord. The ground you're lying on is yours. I'll give it to you and your descendants. You will have descendants as many as dust. They will cover the land from east to west and north to south. The nation of the earth will be blessed through you. Wow. And your descendants. What's more, I am with you. Emmanuel. That's what the angel said. Okay, anyway. I am with you. Look what else he says. And I'll bring you. Remember, he's thinking his brother wants to kill him. I will bring you safely to this land. I will be with you constantly. Until I'm finished giving you all I promised. Jacob woke up. Woo! God lives here, he exclaimed in terror. I've stumbled into his home. This is an awesome entrance to heaven. The next morning he got up very early, set up his stone rest upon uh, upright as a memorial pillow. You know, he's always marking things. I've done that too, you know, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. He poured olive oil over it. Now look at this. He named the place Bethel. Bethel Baptist right over here. Bethel such and such, Alabama. Bethel, where'd that word come from? House of God. Isn't that what it says? Look at that. Though the previous name of the nearest village was Luz. 
Jacob vowed this vow to God. You know, the church was going under, and we had to create something to try to get people convinced that they need to put some money in the offering. Please, this is history. This is history. It's got nothing to do with what you've seen and all the jokes about preachers on TV begging money. Wait, if you're not on TV, they do it behind the pulpit. I mean, come on. I don't because I keep myself, I'm staying away from that. Because I trust Jesus to take me to heaven the same way I trust financially. I'm not trusting in people to take care of that. I'm not. Because of this. Look at this. Now, now, Jacob, don't you realize this could be some pizza you had last night or a little bit of bad goat meat or something? No. Look at this. If God will help me and protect me and give me food and clothes and bring me safe to my father's house, I will choose Jehovah's my God. And this memorial pillar shall be a place of worship and I'll give you back a tenth of everything you give me. Hmm. Look what his granddaddy did. His granddaddy did the same thing. That's his dad's dad. There was a big war. Abraham had to go and rescue his cousin. I mean, his, when he learned that Lot had been captured, all the men born in his household, 318, he chased after the retiring army as far as Dan. This was, a, this was five kings against five, so it wasn't like three against two, a little small group. No, he divided his men, attacked during the night from several directions, pursued the fleeing army to Hobath, north of Damascus. This is Genesis chapter 14. Just 14 chapters from creation. Just four chapters from the flood. Okay. <clears throat> Which was thousands of years right there. You can see it. I mean, okay. 1,400 years from creation to the flood. After the flood, about another thousand years. That's where this is right here. He recovered everything, the loot that had been taken, his relative Lot and Lot's possessions, including the women and other captives. As Abraham returned against the strike from Shedeloram and the other kings of the valley of Shavad, later called the King's Valley, the king of Sodom, we know him. He lost his place later. <laughs> anyway, came out to meet him. And, oh my goodness, I've heard of him in the New Testament. Yep, Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek. This is actually Melchizedek here. The king of Salem of Jerusalem, who was priest of the highest God, brought him bread and wine. Uh, Kool-Aid. Whatever. Brought him bread and wine. Then Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. The blessing of the supreme God, creator of heaven and earth. Oh, he didn't know about the Big Bang. <laughs> there was no Big Bang. Be upon you, Abraham, and blessed be God, who's delivered you, who has delivered your enemies over to you. Then Abraham... He gave him 10%. You know, God's given us life. He's given you a body. He's, I mean, gee, but let's get to it. So here we go. Now, with that in mind, let's go over here to uh, where we left off here. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter 1, they're at the promised land. They're fixing to go in. Moses is fixing to pass away. He's saying goodbye. He addresses the people. This speech was on February 15th, 40 years after they left uh, Egypt. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead here to where we left off. We left off right here at 13. Oh, 14, excuse me. Watch this. Since you are the people of God, never cut yourselves as the heathen do when they worship idols, nor shave the front halves of your heads for funerals. For you belong exclusively to the Lord your God, and He's chosen you to be His own possession uh, more than any other nation in the face of the earth. 
Now he's going to give a list of things. Now it's just, when he says holy, he just means Alabama-Auburn. Auburn is what? I don't even want to know. It's Alabama. Alabama's red and white. Got that? I know Auburn's blue and orange. Okay, but that's what this is about. See, Alabama's holy and Auburn is, no, I'm kidding. But you know, that's what it's about. We get hung up over thinking, oh my gosh, because watch this. Watch this. He's trying to separate everybody. The world already knows that God has ransacked and destroyed Egypt. They already know it. And he gets them all the way to the promised land, and they're like, well, we can't go in there. Now they're coming back here. They come again. You belong exclusive to the Lord. He's chosen you to be his possession more than any other nation on the face of the earth. You're not to eat any animal animal that is declared to be ceremonially defiled. These are the animals you may eat. Now, remember the story in the New Testament. The, 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 the blanket came down, and Peter was told, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter goes, oh, no, no, I can't eat that. And the Lord said, now you can now. Don't call unholy what I have, you know, what he's purified. So anyway, but watch this. Don't eat any of these things. The ox, the sheep, okay, excuse me, the animals you can eat are this. The ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roebuck, the wild goat, the ibex, the antelope, the mountain sheep. Any animal that has cloven hooves and chews the cud may be eaten. But if the animal doesn't have both, it may not be eaten. So you may not eat the camel. That'd be nice. The hare or the coney. They chew the cud, but they don't have cloven hooves. Pigs may not be eaten because although they have cloven hooves, they don't chew the cud. You may not even touch the dead bodies of such animals. Okay? So this way you have to watch it. You think, well, it might be because of certain things. No, you can't even touch it. Okay? That's the reason, you know, I mean, the Muslims even today, they're, they're just, they're, it's, they try to pull their kosher stuff too. And they're like, a pig is the worst thing you could ever have around a Muslim, whatever. Only sea animals with fins may be eaten. All others are ceremonially defiled. You may, uh, eat any, you may eat any bird except for the following, the eagle, the vulture. Now, remember this. I'm telling you, it's just like it's, uh, the, the ceremonially defiled issue is, um, it's like I say, it's, uh, it's just what uh, team we're talking about here. He did this for a reason. Okay. Uh, the osprey, the buzzard, the falcon, the raven, the ostrich, the nighthawk, the seagull, the hawk, the screech owl, the great owl, the horned owl, the pelican, the vulture, the whatever that one is. Okay. The cormorant. Okay. Corm- yeah. The stork, the heron, the, the hoopoe, the bat. Great. With exceptions, insects are a defilement to you and may not be eaten. Don't look at this. Don't eat anything that's died of a natural death. Well, God's just watching out for you. No, he's not. This is about showing out. Because look at this. If you found it in your yard, you can sell it to a foreigner. <laughs> I mean, it's like Laura, she, she bought that item and sold it for $10 more a moment later. However, a foreigner may eat it. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a Hold on. You may give it or sell it to him, but don't eat it yourself. You are holy to the Lord. You're showing a separation because everybody else is worshiping other gods, and we're not. We're serving one God. Okay. But, you know, you can get, you can get hung up in the weeds here. And, uh, and, uh, and anyway, let's keep going. Don't boil a young goat in his mother's milk. Now, here we go. You must tithe all your crops every year. Bummer. Well, why did, why did Jacob, who didn't have nothing but a staff, well, he knew the Lord was going to bless him. Bring the tithe to eat before the Lord your God, the place he chooses at his sanctuary. This applies to your tithe of grain, new wine, olive oil, firstborn of your flocks and herds. The purpose of tithing, wait a minute. Is to teach you to always put God first. That's what it is. Listen, this was a hard lesson for me to learn because I, you know, 
when you first start making money, it's like, but I, you just have to deal with this on your own. It's, it's just like when I tell you about Jesus, or when somebody tells you about Jesus, you have to figure this out on your own. But let me tell you something. You're, you're never going to purchase um, your healing. You're never going to purchase the blessings of God. This is just your opportunity to daily show, I'm trusting Jesus. That's all that is, okay? Let me show you. Let me show you. Because some people get worried. They go, well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not giving that money to the Lord. Does that mean... You know, let me, let me, let's, let's go to some stories and find out. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. This is just a story. The king of Syria had, had high admiration for Naaman. Now remember, king of Syria, is that us? That's not Israel. That's right. These are bad guys. Here's a bad guy. But you know what? Jesus knew this story because he mentioned it in Luke chapter 4. Naaman, the commander in chief of his army, who had been beaten the poop out of Israel. Lord, don't bless this guy. Now, wait a minute. He was a great hero, but he had a little bit of skin problem. And worse than that, it's like terrible skin cancer, okay? Bands of Syrian had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a little girl who had been, uh, who had been given to name his wife as a maid. That doggone slavery? Jefferson had slaves. Oh. <gasps> Well, Naaman had a slave here, but guess what? This little slave girl saved Naaman's rear end. One day, the little girl came to her mistress. I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. Now, I'd shut my mouth. I'm not going to help out you dead, burned Syrians. No, she must have liked him. He would heal him of his leprosy. Well, you know the story. I'm not going to go through this. He took, look at that. He took a lot of money, didn't he? He took gold and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, you remember the story. He jumped into the River Jordan. Elijah said, go in the River Jordan. Oh, oh, there it is. Naaman went down to the River Jordan, dipped himself seven times, as the prophet told him to. His flesh came back healthy as a little child, and he was healed. Wow. Then he and his entire party went back to find the prophet. They stood humbly before him and said, I know at last there's no God in all the world except Israel. Please. I know I need to be tithing. I know I need to be giving. Look what he says here. I mean, boy, we don't, don't put this on TV. Because this is going to ruin everybody's offerings. Elisha said, I swear by Jehovah, my God, I will not accept them. Boy, Naaman urged, but he refused. Well, Naaman said, all right. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Elisha said, swear by Jehovah. No, I swear by Jehovah, I will not accept them. Uh, okay. Naaman, uh, Naaman urged him to, to take them, but he refused. Well, Naaman said, all right. But please, look at this. this is, I was sitting there going, wait a minute. This was Naaman talking. Naaman said, well, look. Now, remember, he, he's not a Jew. He's just wrapped up in knowing he's got flesh like a baby now. He's so fired up. And I'm fixing to go to Hawaii in a few weeks, whatever. I'm going to bring me back some sand, too. That's what he's doing, okay? So he says, look, give me two mule loads of earth to take back with me. From now on, I'll never offer any burnt offering or sacrifice to any other God but the Lord. Wow. Another good little point. That next thing, we might as well say it. However, the Lord pardoned me this one thing. When my master, remember, he's a, he's a general. He's got to go report to his boss, the president of his nation. And when he makes me go to the temple of the God of Rimmon to worship, and there leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me. <laughs> look what Elijah said. I don't worry about it. <laughs> Because he knew it was the Lord. But anyway, you're not going to pay for these blessings. You're not. But let's go back to what he said over here. Because look what great things are in here for us. Okay, chapter, we're at 14. All right. So the reason for that is to show that you're trusting the Lord. 
It would be too. Look at that. Because it's like, you know, it's this between, it was between uh, Abraham and the Lord and it was between uh, Jacob and the Lord. If the Lord places to choose his sanctuary so far away, it isn't convenient to carry your tithes to this place. Look at this. Then you may sell the portion of your crops. This is back to Deuteronomy 14. Sell the portion of your crops. Oh, take the money to the Lord's sanctuary. When you arrive, use the money to buy an ox, some sheep, some wine or beer. What are we going to do? And feast before the Lord your God. And rejoice with your household. You know, we have so blown this. We, 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 we don't think there's any rejoicing. We think we have to come listen to Richard preach. You know, I appreciate you doing that. And I'm doing my best to make it beneficial to you. You know, we get something out of this. But that's not what having a, a feast is what it's called. It's a feast before the Lord. Let me show you that we have an actual picture of this happening in uh, Samuel. When uh, Samuel, let's see, he, let me find it. This is all storyline, so I'll find it. When uh, Samuel anoints Saul, remember David's going to be the king after Saul because Saul's going to blow it here real quick. Okay, let's see. Let's get down here to it. Oh, 1 Samuel. Bring the ark here. Here we go. Helping the Lord. Uh, he's helping the Lord's sister. Okay, let me click a little further. Just a second, we'll find it. They're at war. Okay, that's right. Okay, Philistines, they captured. Oh, we got to get to Saul. Excuse me. Okay, let's get to Saul. All right. In his old... Okay, here we go. That was way off. Here we go. Here comes Saul. Okay, so Saul is... Uh, let's see. Okay, Saul has now been anointed to be king. And I want to show you where they have dinner. And this is, this is the exact picture of the feast. Oh, let's see. <coughs> We're getting there. Hold on. Okay, 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 okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, passed it. Okay, let's go. Let's go nine. One second. Here we go. All right, here we go. Oh. Yeah, I was trying to show this was this. They were going to, they said they can't get there. I mean, they're not going to eat. Till, oh, here it says it coming up. Oh, here we go. Okay, First Samuel chapter 9, look at verse 22. Samuel took Saul. He's the first king of Israel, okay? And the Lord had picked him too. Uh, and his servant into the great hall and placed them at the head of the table. Honor them above all the 30 special guests. Samuel then instructed the chef to bring Saul the choicest cut of meat. That piece had been set aside for the guest of honor. So the chef brought it out and placed it before Saul. I mean, he got a big old steak, didn't he? Wow. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said, for I was saving it for you uh, before I invited the others. So Saul, what did he say? He ate with Samuel. Now look at this. After the feast. Now, this was, I missed a verse right up here, but anyway, right, this, they, this is a feast before the Lord. So when you think about Passover, all these people got up there and there was a, you were supposed to rejoice before the Lord and you were supposed to invite the Levites. They worked in the temple various places and they probably worked at your local church in your town right there. And you were supposed to take them with you. So you all went up there to have a great time before the Lord. Now, let's go back here to um, 
the book of Deuteronomy. We'll wrap this up. Okay. 14. Okay, so he's saying, all right, we're going to give to the Lord. Let's take it 15. All right. Okay, okay, okay. So, and so when you arrive there, you're going to feast before the Lord there and to rejoice with your household. There it is. Don't forget to share your income with the Levites in your community. They have no property or crops as you do. Every third year, you're to invite. Look at this. So this is, this is more scratching my head going, I just still think there's some wicked people involved here just trying to get my money. Well, this ruins the church right here. Look at this. Every third year, take your entire tithe for local welfare programs. If you don't do it through me, you do it through yourself. I mean, that's the reason I don't take up offerings. If you want to give, give. It's your business where you put your money. Look at that. Every third year, I mean, the church is going broke every third year. We won't have no money to put in a new pulpit because this year everybody's giving their offerings to the poor. <laughs> I'm going to show you that. Are you kidding? Nobody goes broke over this. Nobody. Anyway, order foreigners, order widows, orphans within your city so that they can eat and be satisfied. Then Jehovah your God will bless you. Look at that in your work. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Now, there's no markers in this stuff. It goes right in, but we have 15, chapter 15. At the end of every seventh year, now we sure enough going to go broke here. No, there's a canceling of all debts. Praise God. Wouldn't that be great? Now, remember, this was the Jews back then. The, it was actually the Lord. It wasn't the Jews. It was the Lord. So this still is ours. Every creditor shall be paid in full on any promissory note he holds against the fellow Israelite. For the Lord has released everyone from his obligation. You know, I'd just be taking this to the Lord and just saying, Lord, you got help me out. I, I, it, you could have buried yourself like I had with credit card debt before. Jesus got me out of every one of them. I, I mean, I, praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway. Now, this release doesn't apply to foreigners. No one will become poor because of this. Now, what he's mentioning by that is if you're, if you're, if you're, put it this way, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you know, you're on the outside looking in, but we believe in Jesus. That's all he's pointing out. Remember, he's talking about being holy, the colors we wear. No one will become poor because of this, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land he's given you if you'll obey this command. Now, that is a shock. You'll say, Lord, I'm going to go broke if I start giving to the Lord. You're not going to go broke. No, you can never go broke. Praise the Lord. Anyway, notice what he says here. The only prerequisite for, prerequisite for is, that you, is that you carefully heed all the commandments of the Lord your God I'm giving you today. Now, the main one and the big issue is no other gods, okay? He'll bless you as he promised. You'll lend to many nations, but you'll never need to borrow. You'll rule many nations, but they'll never rule over you. But if when you arrive in the land that the Lord gives you, there are any among you who are poor. You must not shut your heart or hand against them. You must lend them as much as they need. Beware. Don't refuse a loan because the debt cancellation is at hand. Remember, he just said every five years, all debts are gone. Remember, there's a 50th year too. If Bob sold his farm in Lacey Spring at the end of 50 years, he got it back. Didn't buy, he wasn't given the offer to buy it back. It went back to his family. Praise the Lord. Anyway, you must lend him whatever he needs. Don't moan about it. The Lord, look at that. The Lord will prosper you in everything you do because of this. That's what Jacob said when he got up in the morning. He said his, his rock up there and he says, God, if you're going to do this, then I'll give you 10%. So it's not like a bad deal here. This is the greatest thing that the Lord has put in to, to help us financially because we all have financial trouble. Let me stop here in Malachi. Last book before you get to, um, actually, I want to back up one. 
Oh, this whole book, it's so short. You could, you, in a minute and a half, you could read this whole thing. I'm not kidding. In a minute and a half. I know Melody, because she reads these big, thick books and reads it all in one night. And I'm like, how the heck did you do that? Anyway, oh, in Malachi, let's see what he says here. They were basically saying, you know, what good is it if I serve the Lord? What good is it? Okay, now let me switch over here to the third chapter because they, they jump right in and they say, well, what good is given to the Lord? He says, I am the Lord, I change not. That's why you're not utterly destroyed, for my mercy endures forever. Though you've scorned my laws from earliest time, yet you can still come to me, the Lord says, and I'll forgive you. You say, well, we haven't gone away. He's, look at this. He says, will a man rob God? Now, now this was at the time, uh, it was right after Nebuchadnezzar had wiped him out. They'd already came back into the promised land again, trying to set up their kingdom. Look at this. What do you mean? We never robbed you. You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. <gasps> what? And so the awesome curse of God is on you. Your whole nation's been robbing me. Bring all the tithes, look at this, into the storehouse so there'll be food enough in my temple. Now look what he says do now. He's not telling you to do something and then make it hard on us. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great there's not enough room to put it all. So, you know, that's what we do personally in our own. We say, all right, just between me and Jesus. I'm I'm just going to do this between me and him. And that's what you do. Work this out on your own and watch what the Lord does. Praise the Lord. But we need to stop. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Just like Naaman. We don't have to pay for it. We try to, but we're not going to. You'll take care of that. Father, and if it's uh, financial, like we looked at this morning, Lord, praise the Lord, you'll take care of us financially. Hallelujah. You brought all of Egypt, I mean all of Israel, out of Egypt with silver and gold. Just completely robbed them of, of their finances and just gave them to us. Father, and if it's uh, not financial, it's just something else that's on our heart. It's some problem we've got. I know you'll take care of that. And that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to keep records and tell others what great things you're doing for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Preach the Lord.